welcome to lap 8 of the Loose Wheeler podcast. I am, of course, your host, Dean. Thanks for joining us once again. Um, I'll take it that by now you've sort of figured out that I know nothing about Formula 1. But I do like speaking about it, and that's why I'm here. Um, so that's it. The 2022 is officially the season. The 2022 season. How professional was that? The 2022 season is officially over. Um, we've had some testing which was done during this week and a couple of new faces in the paddock a couple of drivers swapping seats here and there so we'll talk about that we're obviously going to talk a little bit about qualifying and then we're going to talk about the race um but first of all let's talk about teamwork now red bull have been dominant this season let's let's not pretend that that's not the case because they have they've had an amazing car the team there have done a fantastic job the car at times this season has just looked absolutely on rails. Um, you know, they, they seem to have that balance between the front end and obviously the rear end sort of stitched up. Uh, degradation on the... Degradation? Degra, degradation? Oh my God, what's going on today? Anyway, that thing that happens with the tyres where they melt, that um, has been pretty stable I, th- I think you know barred sort of brazil they've had like every corner covered in regards to that and you know fair play to them they've, they've done what they've had to, to win to win both championships this season um now we all know what happened in brazil we all know what happened with max and um you know he got irate on the radio Red Bull came out and issued a statement that both drivers had spoke to each other, they'd sorted out the differences, they knew what they had to do to secure second place for Sergio in Abu Dhabi. And you felt at that time that that was a good thing, that they were going to move forward. Now, coming into the Abu Dhabi weekend, obviously Red Bull issued a statement regarding the abuse that they'd received once again in terms of, you know, what was going on, um, things like that. Now, what happens is, when you're in, I suppose, a public view point, when, when you're putting yourself out there, a bit like myself, I'm putting myself out here, I'm, I'm making a podcast, it's not professional, it's not, you know, the, the, there's millions of podcasts out there that sound 40 million times better than this one, so I'm I'm ready for criticism, but I don't expect any abuse, and I feel that's the same with Formula One teams, with f- people in the team, whether that's a driver, pit crew, anything like that. You can criticise people, that's absolutely fine, but actually sending people abuse and things like that, that's just not, it's not kosher, it's not the right thing to do. Now, what was interesting though, is that Max obviously came out after Brazil and said, I'm going to do everything I can to help Checo secure P2. Now, it was very clear in Abu Dhabi that Max had the stronger car, which... It just shows that Max is the better driver. It, he's on a different level compared to Checo. He is legitimately going to be a, a, a phenomenal Formula 1 driver. Um, but my sort of thing, when they were saying about teamwork, this is what I couldn't get. After about... So you've seen the first couple of laps, obviously they're pushing very hard. But even after a couple of laps, Max had pulled out a good gap between him and Perez. So my thought is, why didn't they drop Max back 
obviously help hold up like the, the the field behind Perez, give him the chance to obviously pull away, get himself going. Now Perez didn't cover himself in any glory really in this race because he made quite a few mistakes. Um, there was a couple of lockups I seen on his onboards, um, especially after coming out from that pit stop. Then he got like sort of held up with Vettel and stuff, which was all kosher. It was all fair racing. So that didn't help his situation, but <coughs> excuse me. Um, I just feel that if you, if you're going to come out and make a statement about teamwork and stuff, but then you don't want abuse, I, I I'm struggling there. I'm, I'm because I don't know if you've seen it on on the social medias that they have. They obviously released a statement about the abuse that they received, about what was going on in the team and stuff like that. That's fine, that's fine. But then they gaslit the whole thing again by obviously posting a picture of Turn 5 at the track where obviously Verstappen overtakes Lewis last season for the championship. There's still a lot of bitterness about that happening. So why not just post a picture of Max crossing the line and becoming world champion? At least that way you're sort of taking out one side of because you've got to remember Sergio Perez's fan base is very angry with what happened in Brazil so now you're rocking the boat with every fan base and trying to get this like I mean Sky did a, a great interview with Max before the race um, and you know talking about that event last season we have to remember it wasn't Red Bull's fault Red Bull utilised everything they had in their power to do what they need to do by changing tyres and having the advantage over Lewis in the last few laps. It wasn't Red Bull's fault that Michael Massey decided to bring the safety car in to finish the race in normal conditions. That's by the by. So, to me, I think it's a bit silly to be coming out, issuing a statement saying that the team's going to do everything they possibly can to help Checo secure P2, and then Verstappen's eight seconds down the road within seven, eight laps has basically the, the, probably one of the easiest Sundays he's had in his Formula 1 career while Checo's having to come back through the field, back th like overtaking here and there and everywhere, trying to defend against other drivers. Uh, to me, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it different. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but to me personally... I think they could have done a bit better than that. I, I think that could have been a bit, yeah, to me, teamwork and, and then not actually delivering any teamwork was was pretty um, pretty impressive from Red Bull this weekend. But once again, the car looked amazing. So anyway, let's talk about qualifying. I, I just want to get that out there about the teamwork thing because it, it, it did, it baffled us. It, it it just it got me head thinking. Well, you you just haven't really done anything different in the race. But anyway, we'll we'll speak about that. So qualifying was quite interesting because the the, the top three teams. We'll call them the top three teams because that's what they are. That that made sense. Well, um, Red Bull first and second, Charles Leclerc third, and Carlos Sainz fourth, and then the Mercedes behind them. Um, so it it literally was the f the first three rows of the grid were literally the the top three teams in the championship, um, and I was quite surprised with Ferrari's pace. But one thing, can we just mention how good does that Ferrari look under them lights? With that, it's like a that darker red it, with the the lights of the the track and everything. It just looked 
it looked the part. It really just, and I still love them side pods. I, I know, obviously, a lot of teams have gone down the the Red Bull route, um, but I think Ferrari's got some gone with them side pods. It's just the way they curve in, and I just it's a really good looking car this season. Absolutely bang probably one of the better looking cars on the grid to be fair um so you got lewis fifth george sixth lando seventh mclaren i i don't know I, 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 the sooner we bend that car the better i mean the w13's gone in the scrappy the the, the the mclaren's straight right behind them as well because it's been a bit of a a bit of a uh, bogey one this one um Esteban Ocon again showing his worth. Now he out qualifies Alonso. Um, you know, a lot of people saying Alonso hasn't had the look of the green, but I just, I personally just think that Esteban's done a good job, and I genuinely believe this is why Fernando has gone to Aston because he can just bully Lance. He knows Lance is not going to be what Esteban has been this season. He knows that basically he's got another Stoffel van Dor I think Stoffel should have had another chance in Formula 1, by the way. But I reckon Fernando Alonso knows he's got another Stoffel on his hands at Aston Martin, and that's why he's decided to join them. Now, obviously, it does mean that Alonso has now driven every hybrid engine in Formula 1. So, obviously, he's, he's driven the Ferrari, he's driven the, uh, the Renault... I think the Honda, obviously, because obviously with McLaren, and now obviously the Mercedes because of Aston Martin. Um, so I think I think he's been in every hybrid. I'm sure that's what they said on the race podcast. Anyway, I might have to check that because I I don't think was he driving the Ferrari when it was hybrid. I don't think was he. I don't think he was. Or maybe he's, I'm not sure. Anyway, forget that. So anyway, Fernando qualified 11th, and Esteban qualified 8th, which I think is a brilliant performance from Esteban. Um, Danny Rick was up in 10th. He really seemed to, whether it was, you know, he'd had the good news about Red Bull, obviously, before would would been alerted that he was becoming the, the sort of third driver for Red Bull. Um, Helmet had come out and, and basically um, announced that without announcing it. So whether he'd had like a bit of a boost off that and he just felt, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to have a, a good weekend. He got the car up into 10th in qualifying, which was uh, probably one of his better performances this season. Um, Yuki Tsunoda was 12th. Mick Schumacher doing a mint job and getting himself up into 13th. Obviously too little, too late. Put his name out there, put himself in the window. And there's now talks that Total Wolf is going to sign him as a reserve driver at Mercedes. Obviously... I think that's a brilliant move for Mick. I think you'll learn quite a bit while he's there. Obviously, you've got, you know, a seven-time world champion, Lewis Hampton. You've got George Russell, who's, you know, he's up there pushing Lewis every step of the way. Um, you'll have the simulator team. Obviously, Anthony Davidson, who's, you know, knowledge of of what he brings to the team. He'll be able to share an experience with Mick. I think that's a really good move for Mick. I, I do like the sound of that. Um, Lance, once again, just... Sitting there, fourteenth place. Really, it's such a waste of a seat, isn't it? In when you're looking at, at what we've got, I mean, don't get us wrong. The talent pool in F2 isn't great at the minute, but when you think Lance doesn't, he has his moments, but he doesn't really push to the extreme. Um, 
Guan Yu Zhou, 15th, Kevin Magnuson, 16th, Pierre Gasly, just, yeah, obviously I, I said in the last lap, he, he's checked out, he's he's done, um, he's, he's absolutely done, so he qualified 17th, Valtteri Bottas, 18th, Alexander Albon, 19th, and Nicholas Latifi, 12th, 20th, sorry, that Williams is done, it's, it's failed, it's, it's the worst car on the grid. Um, there's no sort of doubt about that. Um, it, and it's a shame. Um, I think there was a lot of hope for Williams this season with the new regulations. I think and I've spoken about it before. The team need a full reset. Same with Alpha Tauri. Um, I think Pierre mentioned it in one of his interviews that next season's Alpha is going to be completely different to this season. See Williams doing exactly the same thing for their car. It is the need a total reboot. Um, Logan Sargent confirmed as a Williams driver next season, which is good. Um, on to the race. Like I say, we'll, st we'll start at the front. Um, sometimes that's the best place to be. Uh, Max off, gone. Um, had his own race couple of issues I think here and there with tyres but nothing I think you, you, you know personally I, I believe that was probably more just to make sure he was actually still in the race like checking that his radio was still working at times um, really checked out done um, Sergio like I say he made them couple of mistakes himself which brought on pressure he, he struggled to get past a couple of cars overtaken and uh, I do still, I'm, I'm going to go back to that teamwork thing, I still think they could have utilised Max a bit, because even if they just had it where, right Max, we know you've got the pace, we know you can do something, go and do this, help check we'll get that gap, and then at the end of the race, what we'll do is we'll we'll literally, we'll get used to swap, and you will, you know, come across the line, because you've got to remember, Max won 15 races now, that's, you know, a phenomenal record, um, I think it's 15 races and two sprints, which is insane. Um, so well done to Max for that. But it didn't work out that way. And then, it literally, at the beginning of the race, we're seeing the Ferraris really struggling to, to, to do anything. Now, whether they were deliberately holding back, obviously just trying to maintain that tyre temp to, to hopefully, in some way, maybe achieve something, that's the way it looked anyway because once the race really got into it the first pit stops come along the Ferraris then seem seemed to come into their own world and Charles Leclerc out of nowhere had this machine that just where was this machine for most of the season like you know if they'd had this sort of strategy the strategy was perfect they were talking to the drivers. They were they were they were explaining things. Um, I think this might have saved Matteo Bernardo his job, because the performance from the Ferrari team across the board this weekend was absolutely unreal. It just seemed to really work. And if they can push that forward going into next season, I think they've got a good chance. I think they can be up there fighting like they were this weekend. Now the problem is, obviously Max was in his own world, and there's that step up where. The team, the teams behind are going to have to try and figure that out. But when you, when it comes to obviously other issues in the in the field, they really had it all sewn up. That they, they had it figured out. Um, 
So Shaw finished second and Sergio finished third. Uh, it, I'm not going to say it was the best race of the season. It it, it was all right, um, but to me, it, it it wasn't great. Um, going on to Sh- uh, Carlos Sainz, who finished fourth, another good showing from Carlos. I think he's really got his himself booked into Ferrari now. He knows what he needs to do. He knows how the car works. He knows how the team works. He's he's understanding everything a lot better. You know, he had a little dip this season. Obviously, I'm going to do a season review next week. He had a little dip in the season, but you know, he, he does show. Even in the McLaren, I was sort of gutted that he left McLaren. To be honest, I think him and Lando had a brilliant relationship. I think the team were going forward with Carlos in it. But you know, you can't turn down Ferrari, one of the most successful Formula One teams ever. When they come knocking, you you you're going to pick up the phone and, and answer it. Um. George Russell fifth. Now, George had a good showing. I think, um, you know, I like the way he was on the radio and he's talking to the team and he's trying to figure things out himself. Obviously, he doesn't have the data that the team have on tyre strategy, on the best way to do it. But once again, a very, very good drive, a very good showing from George um, all weekend. Really pushing Lewis as well, which I, I, I think is good. Um, I think he is that one step up from what Valtteri was. Valtteri was very much um how can I put it? Valtteri was very number two driver where George can really give Lewis a push and for championship next season <coughs> excuse me <coughs> the only problem is that Mercedes is still miles off the pace. Um Sky Sports, you know, coming on with this interview saying, oh, we know what we've got to do. We know how we're changing it. We know where we need to do it. Well, let's hope you do because you are miles away from that Red Bull. Miles away. Um, It, it could be a, a couple of years of pure dominance from Red Bull at this point because, th- like I say, that Red Bull is just switched on. It knows how to look after its tyres. Um, so... Ferrari have got a bit of work to do and Mercedes have got a lot of work to do in the winter to make sure that they're going to be fighting in that position. Lewis Hamilton, bank the rights, give the place back. Why it took so long for them to even figure that out, I've I've no idea. Um, I'm not sure if it was a case of just confirming with the FIA. I know um, on commentary... They mentioned that the FIA is not going to get involved in that. You have to sort it out yourself. To me, surely there was somebody at Mercedes who could see it to Lewis straight away. Because Lewis built a gap. I think he had like a, a, about a two-second gap by the time he actually had to then ease off and let Carlos back through. It's like, well, why did that take so long? You, you've you've sort of hammered your tyres to get away from Carlos and then now you've had to drop back and let him pass anyway. I, I didn't understand that. It was only for a few corners and obviously I think a lap or so after that. And then Lewis got back past Carlos. Um, but that I think, like I was saying earlier about Ferrari, I think strategically they were just sitting there looking after the tyres, making sure that they got themselves further up the field in a better position for undercuts, overcuts, things like that when it come to the come to the pit stops. And that's what I'm saying. I think genuinely it was a great weekend for Ferrari. When you actually look, it it, it just seemed to work. Bit of confusion here and there, but it's a race. A lot of things going on. Um, so that was the top three. 
Uh, Lando doing another amazing job getting the McLaren up in the sixth place. I think I seen a tweet about um, Oscar coming into Lando, and somebody put, um, "Oh, McLaren's going to have a handful next season with Lando and Oscar." I don't think so. I think Lando is the number one, and I think he will show that he's a what sort of driver he is. He's like not being funny, but he's already sort of had the the the. He's way with Carlos, and obviously Carlos moved on. Daniel Ricciardo's come in for two years and hasn't even been able to get close to Lando. Um, so I think, personally, what you'll see is you'll see Oscar coming in. Um, it's going to take him a few races to get used to that car anyway. It's very specific, as Carlos has mentioned, as Daniel's mentioned in the past. So you'll see that happen. Um and I think the biggest fight of next season is going to be Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon. I think that's that's a driver lineup that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Um, but yes, yeah, so Lando in sixth. Then I mentioned Ocon. He finishes in seventh. Once again, just absolutely showing that um, you know he is he's a very good driver. I mean, he's beat Alonso this season in the championship. Um, I'm not sure about qualifying what he, what the standings were, um, but g- genuinely, he is literally just and and he's gone about it in a way where he hasn't he hasn't made a big hoo ha about it. He hasn't sort of, you know, been out there brash bragging. I mean, obviously, maybe he's in the French media he has. I don't know, but like when he come comes on Sky and everything, he's not sort of sitting there like proving a point or anything like that. He's literally just went on, absolutely dominated in that team, and this is why Alonso spat his dummy. We've seen it before. We know what Alonso... Don't get us wrong. Alonso is a fantastic driver. He's a great driver. But let's 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 not pretend that you haven't been spanked, mate. Let's, let's, let's remember that Esteban has literally put you in your place this season. Um, hence why he's off to Aston Martin. It's it's that simple, and I don't care what anybody says. It's true. It is true. Um, Lance finishing eighth. He had a he got onto the medium tire, and obviously Sebastian was on a completely different strategy. Totally ruined Sebastian's race, which was it was such a shame to see. But you know, as a as a race fan, it was great to see Sebastian fighting, coming through the field, obviously getting back up um, into the points. It was good for Sebastian. Um, but Lance, he had the tyres, he had the pace because he was on a different strategy to everybody else to come through and he finished eighth. Um, I'm not sure where what Aston do with Lance. I'm not sure because obviously the boss is his dad. It, I find it a bit... I do find it a massive waste of a seat. But, yeah, if, if Aston are happy to have him there as a fundamentally as the driver and, and stuff then I suppose that's not going to change next season either um, Daniel Ricciardo ninth. good drive from Daniel and like I say I think personally him having that knowledge in the back of his head that do you know what I'm still going to be in the Formula 1 circus still going to be around and it's going to be back at Red Bull I personally think He's just gone out there that weekend and said, you know what, let's just throw it to the wind and see what happens. And fair play to him. And, and he came in ninth. It wasn't enough for um, McLaren to, to secure 
the constructors um, from Alpine. Um, it was uh, fourth place, sorry, from from Alpine. Um, they finished on 173 points. McLaren 159. So. Personally, I think if both McLaren drivers were on point this season, I think McLaren probably would have gotten fourth. Um, but with Daniel not being able to just pick up that, pick up the points as much as he could, then you know they dropped to fifth. Uh, but I'll run through that in a, in a second. Um, let's see. I spoke about Sebastian, just a brilliant drive coming from the back of the field. The overtakes, you know, he seemed to really enjoy the fact that this was his last race. He got out the car. He, he did seem a bit sort of fed up with the fact that like everybody's saying, "Oh, what do you want to say?" What he's like, I've said it. I've I've said me piece with everybody at Formula One. You know, it's been an amazing experience. Blah blah blah. All that stuff. He, he, you know, he's he's moving on in his life. Um, congratulations to him. My opinion of Seb has changed quite a bit. When when he was at Red Bull, he was a little dinky twerp and. I didn't really like his attitude, but um, when you look back now at his, at his four championships, when you look back now at the racing that he was doing, I mean, obviously there's still that, was it Brazil? He gets spin round on the first lap and he comes back, and it, when you look at that now, you, you really do appreciate just how good of a driver he was. Um, So it'll be a shame to see him go, but good luck to him in the future. Yuki Tsunoda had a good race. Um, Shame he was outside the points, but he seemed to just enjoy himself. Something about this track where he seems to go really well. Uh, finished 11th. Guan Yu Zhou was 12th. Albon with a respectable 13th, considering where they qualified. Uh, Pierre Gasly, like I say, he's tapped out, he's done. Um, he was 14th. Valtteri Bottas, 15th. Mick Schumacher, 16th. Kevin Magnussen, 17th. DNFs to Lewis Hamilton, Latifi, and Alonso. Obviously, Alonso's engine was a water leak, not the way you sort of want to um, end your season. But I think I think he was at the the point where he's just done. He's he's sort of given up. Um, he's happy to to obviously move on from it. Um, there was some reports of he was in Aston on Tuesday testing um, but because he's still technically an Alpine driver they weren't allowed to have any sponsorship on the car he wasn't allowed to represent them their brands had to be like cloaked sort of overalls and, and a crash helmet um, but the weird thing was I was, I was listening to the uh, race podcast um, and, and they said oh yes this you know they're allowed to get in the car they're allowed to obviously do testing and stuff but they can't talk about it but then when we were talking to Fernando Alonso I'm like well you've just said they can't talk about it, so how were you talking to Fernando Alonso so I don't know what that was about but they managed to speak to Fernando they managed to speak to Oscar um, obviously Nico Hulkenberg got to jump in the Haas and, and test the Haas uh, I think Schwartzman which was weird because in testing Ferrari finished 1, 2 and 3 at the top of the timesheet with um, Charles, Carlos and Swartzman and I, I don't think I've ever seen that happen before which was quite quite interesting um, like I say Lando uh, and Oscar I'm trying to think who else drove, was there anybody else drove with McLaren, I'm not sure and yeah, I haven't got the testing 
I mean, you, you take nothing out of testing anyway, do you? The, the, it's pointless with the lap times and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Nico, obviously saying just that, you know, it, it's about building his strength up, getting used to the Formula 1 force, G-forces again. Same with Logan Sargent. Um, when he's been jumping in the car for the free practice sessions, they've just been telling him, just take it easy, just get the mileage in so you get your super licence points. And then at the test, um, it seemed that there were, from what the race have said, it seems that they were pushing him a bit more, getting him to change his diff, getting him to like work with the steering wheel a bit more, sort of push the car a bit harder, so he started to get the real feel of what the car can do. And he and he apparently got out after ninety yard laps, and he was really feeling it. Uh, it just shows you that the, the how much power these cars have, what you know the what they are, what these machines can do to you. Um, back to the race. Driver of the day, obviously Sebastian Vettel. I, I, I think Sebastian could have done one lap and still would have been driver of the day. Um, once again, fastest pit stop to McLaren, which is great to see. Um, and fastest lap was Lando. And I like when he come on the sky after the race and he says, "Obviously, I'm the fastest driver. That means I'm the best." It was it was a good um, good little thing. But um, that's that's the race. That's the season over with. And it, it's, I know it seems like it's going to take forever for the season to come back, but they're literally already preparing for 2023. Like I say, this test on Tuesday was basically the tyres the that they're going to be using next season. I think that's going to be interesting because if you think about it, the tyres that we've used this season were tested on a 2022, uh, 2021 car, sorry, which doesn't... Um, which is completely different to how a 2022 car reacts. But now they're testing the 23 tyres on a 2022 car, and obviously the regs and everything are going to be a little bit different, but it's still going to be very similar. So how are the tyres going to perform next season compared to what we've seen this season where Prelli have said, oh, they'll go off after like 15 laps, and we've seen them sort of last 20, 25 laps, you know what I mean? Um, so that'll be interesting. Now the constructors, obviously we know Red Bull um, champions at 759 points. I mean, just a brilliant season. Absolutely unbelievable season. Um, finishing se first place 17 times, 8 pole positions, 8 fastest laps. Just unbelievable. Um, yeah, just a, just a brilliant season for the RB18. Um, you know, a, f a fantastic job by Red Bull Powertrains as well. When you think about it, there was a lot of sort of um, doubt going in about that from uh, from last season with Honda leaving and Red Bull taking over their own power. Powertrain. Obviously, we know Honda's still helping them, but still, uh, Ferrari finished second place in the constructors, uh, five hundred and fifty-four points. I think personally, if if I was a Ferrari fan. I'm happy with that. I think after the past couple of seasons from what they've had, um, I believe you've got to walk away from that and go, no, that, that's fair play. Obviously, there was that sort of beginning of the season like looking like they could fight for the championship. But, you know, second place, it's good. Build on it. Move on from, from this season into next season. Get that little bit closer to Red Bull. Um, Mercedes, third place. 
Toto coming out on Sky, just looking straight down the camera. I don't know if you've seen it, but he looks straight down the camera like <laughs> literally a man possessed trying to beef up the, the, the teams at Brackley and get them motivated for the W14. Um, and it was funny because you think Lewis is, is testing on the Tuesday and a car he doesn't want to drive with a tyre test he doesn't want to do. Just totally fed up after retiring from the race on Sunday. Um, I think the sooner the better he sees the back of that W13. He'll, he'll be over the moon when he doesn't have to jump back in it again. Um, Alpine fourth. Brilliant. Esteban Ocon, hands off, has put that team there. Because, obviously, with the you know, everybody's like, oh, but Fernando's retirement's off, oh, Fernando this, Fernando... Well, all right then, but Ocon's still been up there. Ocon's still been bringing in the points when Fernando's retire. Do you know what I mean? Like, give this kid some credit. Give him what he deserves. He has put a two-time world champion in his place. Now, I'm, I'm not changing my mind about it. I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. Well done, Esteban, for securing fourth place for Alpine. That'll ruffle some feathers to anybody. Uh, McLaren fifth, disappointing season for us. Uh, uh, yeah, not good. Um, it'll be interesting next season with Oscar in there now. You know, getting, like I said before, the, the two cars in the points consistently. Um, that might show that the McLaren's a bit better than what it has looked this season with Daniel linguishing at the back. Uh, Alfa Romeo secure sixth. Um, I think, yeah, literally because they had a fifth place, I think Bottas had a fifth place finish earlier in the season, so that secures them sixth place, which is, I think it's about $15 million or €12 million Euros or something like that. That That's worth to the, to the team. Um, Aston Martin seventh. Uh, Haas eighth. Um... Now, I think that's a reasonable result for them, but we'll get into that next next week for the race, the, the season review. Alpha Tauri ninth and Williams tenth. Um, drivers standings. Obviously, Max champion. Charles Leclerc finishes the season second place. I think personally, he'll be over the moon with that after some of the shambles that Ferrari have had. Sergio Perez, third. Sergio came out of the car, done his interview, and he looks sort of reasonably happy with that, and I believe he should be after, like I say, the mistakes that he made during the race, the lockups that he had, things like that. So, yeah, it's a shame that they didn't finish 1-2. I think that would have been the first time Red Bull's ever done that. But Sergio sort of accepted that, you know, third was the best he was going to get. Um, George finishing fourth place, you, you know, fantastic season for him. First season at Mercedes, um, like as, as a full time driver, fourth place, um, really showing himself to be a, a, a decent teammate for Lewis to to push them both, you know, next season. Hopefully, the W14 is a bit more competitive, but. Between the two of them, they really seem to have the knack of each other, and and it, it's looking like a good inter-team battle. Um, Carlos fifth. Carlos will take a lot of positives away from the end of the season, um, but obviously, once again, we'll talk about that. Uh, Lando seventh, Esteban eighth, Fernando ninth. I'm just going to say it again: Esteban eighth, Fernando ninth, um, Valtteri Bottas tenth, and down the bottom. Obviously, 
you know, Hulkenberg twenty uh, second, Nick DeVries twenty first, Latifi twentieth, Albon nineteenth. Disappointing season for Albon, I think. I think you'd be very disappointed with that. Um Guan Yu Zhou eighteenth, Sonoda seventeenth, Schumacher sixteenth, Landstroll fifteenth, Pierre Gasly fourteenth, Kevin Magnussen thirteenth. I think that's great for Kev. I think it's a good a good return to Formula One to finish thirteenth. Um Sebastian Vettel twelfth and obviously Danny Ricardo eleventh. So that's the end of the season. Um and I just want to pick up on something just quickly because I know I'm getting on a bit now. I've seen a couple of tweets saying that this is probably one of the worst seasons of Formula 1 in a long time. I disagree. I think it's probably been one of the best. Um, I think the racing's been good. I think the fact that cars can get that little bit close. I know there's still about maybe the second of that airflow where, you know, but they can stay behind the cars a lot longer now. Um, so I think, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, uh, I think it's been a good season. I, I don't believe it hasn't been, I know obviously a lot of people are Lewis fans and Mercedes fans and I get that and it's been disappointing for them, but as just a Formula One fan, I personally think it's been a great season. I think the fact that there's, there's bumper crowds at every race now, the the weekends are packed out, you know, Formula One's in a really good place and, you know, long may it continue. Um and I'm just flicking through some of the news here for Formula One and I'll just quickly finish off with this. Obviously, uh I don't know if you've seen it, but Sebastian Vettel had uh his radio message at the, after the race and it basically they said, oh, if you can change the car to strats such and such on the steering wheel, and he does that, and then a picture of Seb come up on the on the steering wheel uh, with his trophy from, from when they, they got the podium. And, you know, it was a nice touch. Obviously, he was a bit bitter because, obviously, he'd had a, a, a bad strategy call in the race, but I thought that was a good touch for, for Seb and his final race to have that. It just shows you what these cars can do, doesn't it? And probably getting pictures on the steering wheel, so... That was pretty uh, pretty good. But yeah, that's the checkered flag for this week. Thanks for joining us again. Remember, it, I am on Twitter. It's um, at Loose Wheelnut. Uh, Facebook is Loose Wheelnut Podcast. And obviously you can email Loose Wheelnut Podcast. No, Loose Wheelnut Pod, sorry. At yahoomail.co.uk or whatever. You'll find it in the show description. That is it. Thanks for joining us. And next week I'll be talking a full season review. Uh, I'm going to do a bit of proper homework as well. I'm going to actually start flicking through all the race highlights and stuff of this season this week. So next week, I do sound like I know what I'm talking about. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now.